that's just the way it is. Because some things will never change. We are family. Yeah. Welcome to the Is4 podcast, everybody. Tonight we have Sarge with us. Danger and Sarge are here in the house. There is no baby G with us tonight, Mr. G, little G. Didn't he graduate uh, to just G? I don't know. I've been giving him other names as we've been moving along. They all have to do with G. Never the OG. Always no. just G or Mr. G. He says he likes Mr. G, so we'll see how long Mr. G sticks around. Because, you know, we don't want to do a thing that he likes. That would just be absurd. So, so today anyway. on the Is For Podcast, I'm presenting a very special letter. It is not the umlaut. Contrary no, to popular belief, that's... That's going to be after Z. Okay, see, I was wondering, are we going to do the umlaut at, around you, or are we going to do it after Z? So that answers my question. Thank you. Yes, after Z. Today, we're going to talk about things that start with the letter O. In particular, we're going to talk things? about things that start with the letter More O. More than one thing? Yes. Okay. Ostrich? Keep going. Um, ocular. You're like struggling, aren't you? Yeah, for I'm being put on the spot. I can't think of things that start with O. <laughs> no, so. we're we're gonna talk oh about. Oh my! We are gonna talk about on-screen fates that are worse than death. Now, what oh, I mean right. by now, I'm uh, you're quick cutting me off. Oh, Jesus. sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. I am just being a rude ass. Yes, yes, you are. Neither of those things start with O. <laughs> so, what I mean by on-screen fates that are worse than death. I am talking about where the where the protagonist of a show, of a movie. Specifically the protagonist. Can it be an enemy? Like a bad no, guy? No, no, because you know, because we don't care about them, right? We're not emotionally invested in the bad guys like we are the good guys. I don't know. There's there's been a few bad guy deaths I've seen on screen that are pretty I would not want to go through myself by any means. But we're not talking about deaths. We're talking All about right. things where they don't die they are stuck in whatever living hell they're in for the rest of their life that's what we're going to talk about i got a couple okay so movies. it's not it's not so much the actual death but it is that they are stuck in that death in that position for an extended period of time we're not going to say position we're going to say situation situation okay yes. i'll take situation i figured baby g would want to be here for this because, you know, there's a lot of horror movie tropes that fall into this category. Well, he's not with us, so no. we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best without him. So, the one that comes to mind that I unfortunately watched was called Tusk. Have you ever seen the movie Tusk? Yes, I watched Tusk. I watched Tusk because I am a Kevin Smith fan. Am I a fan of Kevin Smith after that movie? Yeah, I'm still a fan, but he makes shit movies now. Yeah. So, for those people who have not watched Tusk, and I would not rock recommend watching Tusk ever. No, no. I, I made the mistake of watching Tusk and his follow-up movies, uh, Yoga Hosers, and that, that was just god-awful. I don't know if you're aware, but Yoga Hosers, part of the movie, there are small sausage Nazis called Bratzies. Yeah, it's bad. So in the movie Tusk, it's about a reporter who is trying to make a big name for himself, right? He goes and interviews this guy who was stranded in the middle of the ocean and was saved by a walrus. Now, as fate would have it, he had to kill and eat his walrus savior, thus ensuing years and years and years of guilt. Now, 
when he's interviewing, when, when, when the guy writing the paper is interviewing this guy, he doesn't quite understand the situation he has been because there comes a point where he is, uh, what's the best way to describe what happens? He has turned into a walrus. So, for example, yeah, I don't for, think there's a be- I don't think there's a better way to say that than he has just, just turned into a walrus. I was just, I was just like, so his skin is like his walrus skin, a skin from a bunch of dead people stitched together. It's just not his own skin; it's dead people's skin. And so then, it's like an Ed game sort of walrus anamorph thing. Yes, and yeah. his tusks are actually his femurs that are removed and sharpened. Oh, I forgot about that. And surgically implanted into his mouth. He has slowly fed a diet of mackerel, taught to swim like a walrus, and then eventually, at the end of the movie, um, they can't put him out of his misery, so they put him in a zoo as a walrus. Now, the end of the movie is just like one of those what-the-hell moments, because at the end of the movie, his girlfriend, who he loves the entire movie, like, she is the one thing keeping him going throughout this movie. At the end of the movie, his girlfriend is seeing him, and he cries as he's eating mackerel. In his enclosure. In his enclosure. (laughs) And it's not like he's the prettiest walrus ever. I mean, he is not the prettiest girl at the ball. He is not turning any heads. You wouldn't expect a puzzle-pieced walrus man to be an attractive walrus by any means. No, totally not. So, that's Tusk in a nutshell. Watch it if you want, but you have been warned yes you have i uh i do not recommend anybody ever i don't know i'm gonna guess without looking at it's probably about a two hour runtime i'm gonna guess that you find anything better to do with your yourself i mean go shave your legs with sandpaper instead of watching tusk i mean it's it's not worth it well i mean if you like that type of a movie then sure i mean some people, I've talked to a few people about this topic before just to get their feels on it. Like, some people was like, uh, the human centipede. No, no, because the way the human centipede ended, that, that, that chick was dead. She wasn't going to survive that. There was no happily ever after for her. She was dead. I believe she was in the second one. I never, I saw the first one. I had no desire to see the second or, or the third. I, I think there was a fourth started, one, too. No, I believe it was just three because it was, uh, I think the third one was called the final sequence. So, you know, yeah, but it's, it was one of those. I watched the first one out of curiosity. I started watching the second one, got about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes into it and saw some things that I wish I never had and just, and just put it down and thought, these are things that I don't, I don't need to see. I don't need to know that these things exist. Uh, another good movie that comes to mind about fate's uh, worse than death. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, you're talking about the mermaid or merman? No, 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 no. Now, it's been about, I don't know, 10 years since I've seen that movie. So my recollection on it is very fun. So at the end of House of a Thousand Corpses, the chick thinks she gets away. And yes. he doesn't. And mm-hmm. cut to her being in the surgical chair, alive. Ascent- oh, yes. I do remember that. Yeah. Another one, and and I'm pretty sure you know this one, Hannibal. Which uh, Hannibal, like which part of it? Like the movie Hannibal? Yes, the movie or... Hannibal. Okay, because Hannibal had many parts, so, and refresh me, I did see that movie a lot. I was kind of, I watched it a lot at one point. So. Uh, what part of the movie are you talking about? Which, the, you're talking about um, Gary Oldman's character with the slashed up face? Well, if I was, 
if 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 I was to say that, I would have to say Silence of the Lambs because that came before Hannibal, and that's how Gary Oldman's character got put in that predicament. However, he his dies. character was not in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, he was. It was. He was his the one that was cut up. His character was not in Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal came after Silence of the Lambs, storyline wise. Huh. And and in real life, yeah, because the end of Silence of the Lambs was when Hannibal Lecter escaped, and Hannibal picks up with him living in France. Yes, it does. But if you watch the flashback to in Hannibal, when Gary Oldman is talking about the fate that he had, it was yeah. it was pre Silence of the Lambs. Okay, I'm gonna have to go more, back and, and more more red again. Uh, more red dragon, if you will. Um, okay, yeah. So, but I, I digress. So. Gary Oldman's character dies in Hannibal. So he can't have a fate worse than death. The fate worse than death is the FBI guy. I forget his name. Uh, it was played by Ray Liotta. Yeah, he gets his head cut open and he gets to eat his own brain and he yeah. survives. Right. So the question that I must ask here is, you said um, not, um, oh, what was it? Uh, human centipede. Um, yeah. Not not a human. I mean, it was it was bad. Um, but if I remember correctly, the girl did live for some time after that. Now I don't think that she probably survived very long because no. she was uh, in the yeah, middle. She, <laughs> yeah. So there was that, and then you say um, Gary Oldman's character didn't have a fate worse than death because he died. Um, right. What about if we're going to talk fate worse than death? And we're going to talk about they're stuck in a situation for a period of time. Are we going to talk about the emotional and mental trauma of it? Like, so I think that the character from the FBI agent from Hannibal, his fate worse than death would have been that he had to live knowing that he ate part of his own brain. Yeah, but here's and the thing, though. I mean, living with a bit of brain damage. Oh, damage. Damage? damage. Oh, yeah. If you're if you say if you have brain damage, you're gonna say brain damage. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna say something. I don't even think yeah. he's gonna realize it, and I think that's the thing. I mean, he's gonna be so I mean like it's it's terrible to, to, to think about that. Having eaten your own brain, if he even remembers it. But everyone else is gonna from, remember it. And then the girl from the human centipede has to live because she knows that she was the middle. Yeah, <laughs> she I has mean, to live knowing that she not only uh, had poop put into her mouth, but then she also pooped into somebody else's mouth. And that to me is just awful knowing that you were, that things like that happen. Yeah. I mean, and, and by the end of the movie, I mean, look, I give her maybe a few hours before she finally died. And, and I don't know, I'd give her that. a hospitalization. What was that? hospitalization at least i mean she probably at least made it to a hospital got an iv put in her arm to try to get some fluids back in her and well we tried did she escape i don't remember i honestly don't remember um i've never watched the second one but i know she was in it but i don't remember or i don't know her part in it i didn't get to that part of it but i know that she was in it her character was in it not just the actress well i mean I would assume. Well, let's go to Google. Who survived the first human centipede? 
I would say that Google's not going to answer that question, but Google answers all the questions. Uh, anyone survive in a human center? According to Wikipedia, dude manages to make a three-person centipede before cops show up. He and the cops kill each other due to the front of centipede, kills himself with a piece of broken glass, girl at the back dies from blood poisoning, and it just ends with the girl in the middle stuck. Just, just <laughs> stuck. The official statement just stuck there. There it is. <laughs> hey, does Lindsay survive? Lindsay's the only major character who appears in the first sequence and is still alive by its immediate end. Opens with the end. Alright, so she is in the second but only in the opening sequence, as it shows okay. that the first one died. So there you have it. Again, I don't. I didn't watch enough of the second one to even know or pay that much attention because I didn't want to be doing it in the first place, and then that's when I just drew the line. Oh, I draw the line in this hand. I mean, it's like I started watching the movie knowing that I wasn't going to have a good time. I've tried to think of I've tried to think about a lot of movies because I watch a lot of movies, right? That yeah. had fates worse than death for the protagonist, and there it just goes to show you that we don't really care too much about a sequel in some sense, right? There's no cool. there's no tusk two, thank God, thank. God. It you would know? have been called Tusks. Tusks. <laughs> right? No. And there was another House of Thousand Corpses, wasn't it? What was it called? It was called... Uh, yeah, there was uh, there was two sequels. That it was a trilogy that he made about those. It was uh, Devil's Rejects and then Three from Hell, I believe was the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I saw Devil's Rejects. It was fine. It wasn't great. It was... And then I think he just made the third one to finish it more than actually making a movie that was good. I don't know. I didn't see it, so I can't give a full analysis of opinion. I mean, there's there's been other movies with, you know, fates worse than death where the protagonists end up in some sort of a mutilated fashion while still managing to save the day. But those movies are actually few and far between. And it was really like... Um, an animated movie done on Netflix. I forget what it's called. Dragon, Dragon Heart. No, Dragon something. Dragon Heart was that movie where Sean Connery was a dragon. Yes, and he had a fate worse than death too. No, not Sean Connery oh. in general, but the guy that played alongside of him. Um, I barely remember that movie. I, I know, know, right? But there's there's a uh, there's an animated show on Netflix, and I don't have my Netflix pulled up, or I could tell you what it is. Um. I, mean, I guess I can go to old Google. Eh? So there's a uh, there's a new show on Netflix. The second season just came out. Let me say, um, called Love, Death, and Robots. Fantastic. Oh Each yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So all right. Um, for those who haven't seen it, every episode different animation style, and every episode has a bit of a science fiction flair to it. Um, there is one uh, one episode in the first season where a girl is adrift in space. And in order to get momentum to go back to her, her ship, she actually ends up letting her arm freeze off in space and cuts it and, you know, breaks it off to throw it, to get herself to push back the other way. So those sorts of things to me are fates worse than death. Although she didn't die, she had to live the rest of her life 
with one arm and knowing that it was her mistake that got her to that point. So, I mean, it's one thing, you know, a friend of mine has, he doesn't have hands. He just has, you know, workable nubs, if you will. I forget what it's actually called. One of the most, uh, he'll kick your ass at any video game that you, that you could ever come up with, but he was born that way. But this poor girl in this animated series, <laughs> this, this animated lady, um, had to live the rest of her life knowing that she was the cause of not having an arm. No, I'm, not I'm, just a hand. I'm, 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 I'm trying to find it, and I haven't found it. But in this, in, in, this, in this movie, this guy, right, at the end of the movie, he becomes the thing he killed. And he knows that. Okay. And that, that's his fate worse than death. He can't die until somebody else picks up his former mantle and tries to kill him. And then essentially the curse is passed on and on and on and on. And they're all cognizant of it happening. Like their minds meld together. It's crazy to watch. It was good. It was good. Is, there, is it one of their anime series? Love, Death, and Robots is phenomenal if you haven't watched yeah. them. So, you know, I have a hard time finding or at least thinking of on de- or on screen deaths that are worse than you know actual death for the protagonist. The first death that actually came to mind for me for a uh, for a protagonist was in the Mummy. There was um, one of the uh, little scared guy that was scared all the time. He had all the different necklaces of different religions. Benny, and he was, Benny, right? He was like. Sand was poured on him <laughs> in one of the traps within the uh, the temple or whatever. And so that, to me, is one of the worst. Because not only are you suffocating, but you're also being crushed at the same time. And you know you can't do anything about it. Nothing. Looks like you're on the wrong side of the river. It's just, I don't know. The, the idea of being crushed to death, to me, is one of the worst things. I Being crushed to death is not... Now, I don't really fear death the way that I once did, but that alone is absolutely horrifying to me, being crushed. You know, there's one on-screen fate worse than death that I really wanted to see, but we didn't see. It was talked about, but we never got to see it. What? To the pain. Where is it? What's to that the pain. To the pain. I don't, I don't know. Princess Bride, at the end of the movie, when Wesley's oh. like, I'm going to cut off your, I'm, I'm going to cut off your hands, I'm going to cut off your I'm gonna cut off your nose. I'm gonna take your eyes. That way, yeah. everyone can. You know, I'm gonna leave your ears. That way, everyone can hear how hideous you are. That's another one I haven't seen in ten years. Why not? I don't know. I remember it being a wonderful movie. I it just, is until you watch it as an adult. And you're like Jesus. It's, it's like watching Labyrinth with David Bowie. You're like this movie was great. What the hell? <laughs> oh, I never thought that movie was great. I, I didn't. Never-ending uh, story? Uh, I thought the never-ending story was fantastic, but I know that it was not. I was probably one of the only few people that, as a child, I was more of a fan of the second one. <laughs> I do remember wondering what was wrong with me when other people, other kids in the room, were very tense at the, what was his the horse's name? Atreyu, was it? Mm-hmm. Was dying in the quicksand. And everybody else was very tense, and I was just kind of wondering, like, that's not a big deal. It's a stupid horse. It's fine. <laughs> everybody, it was like one of the most wow. emotional scenes for children. And I had no emotional connection to that damn horse. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. He has yeah, no emotional connections. I wouldn't say no emotional connections. Just I don't get connected to a horse. 
You yeah, know? I've always I've always struggled with uh, attaching myself to people in movies. You know, people or animals or anything in movies. I just there's a lot of times that I just don't feel the emotional connection, and that's one of the reasons why I think I have a hard time maybe thinking of of fates worse than death for a protagonist because I don't have an emotional connection to ninety percent of them. So there's a few movies that I have seen that really strike a chord with me. Which, by the way, I'm going to be wrapping this up and talk about something else real quick. The movie has to, like, be active. Like, and I know it has to be active. Like, for example, have you ever seen this, the movie We Were Soldiers, Mel Gibson? Um, I saw part of it, but I didn't finish it. Well, you can go jump off a bridge then. Anyways. I that movie is... Bridge close by, so that up. movie is very, very, very accurate to what the way military was working back in those times. And the reason why it was accurate is because the people directing the movie were like, we don't know what this is about, so they brought in the person that wrote the book. It's for, it's I didn't know the movie was based on a oh. book. I know yeah. you know, I know that he obviously was a real person. You you knew him personally and whatnot. Didn't I you serve under him? Yeah, I worked for him. Yeah, but I didn't realize the movie was based on a book. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have I, I've autographed copies of his book. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So, But anyways, so like that movie was that movie was accurate. When I was going through basic training at Fort Benning, where most of the movie was shot, we ran through the set areas that were made specifically for that movie. Like they thrived there. It was crazy. Wait, so you actually ran through where they filmed? Like yeah. The, so after the movie, were built for the movie, yeah, they left them there. They had to. Cool. So cool. Yeah, it, it was really slick. Um, another one was Act of Valor. If you've ever if you've never seen that one, yes. Yeah, I mean. There's a couple fates worse than death in there where one of the SEAL members gets shot in the eye and lives. Yeah. Another one at the end of the movie, if you've never seen it, uh, you should watch it. But I'm going to spoil the ending. Uh, the the uh, senior chief. No, I'm sorry. Is it senior chief? I think. Whoever. Uh, he gets really tore the fuck up and survives. And that's a fate worse than death for someone who does that type of work. But But isn't that kind of on par with with military life in general, you know. Yeah, but when, and and yeah, but the reason why it's a fate worse than death from a military perspective is you sign up for military for a few reasons. One of them is that you're a patriot, right? And that's what you do. So when you sign up for the harder assignments, and again, this is just my opinion, when you sign up for the higher the harder assignments like special forces or navy seals or green berets or you know, rangers or you know, sappers or when you the harder stuff, right? Sorry, what is a sapper? A sapper blows shit up. Okay. I think sapper is the one position I've never heard of, but okay, cool. So when you go get, when you go for the tabs as they're called, right? You're more than just, I need a job. You're more than just a nine to fiver. You are, you, you're a lifer. I mean, you live and breathe that shit. And, and that's just what it is. So for that, that is a fate worse than death for someone who, pushes themselves on a daily to, to be on a, a special team like that. And then suddenly you have joined this team and you can no longer be a part of the team because you physically just can't right. do it. That's right. And it's, it's, it's a kick in the gonads. But anyways, all right. So that was the letter O. And I am ending it a few minutes short because I want to talk about Extra Life 2021. 20, we need a game day. We need to come up with a game. But more importantly to those of us listening, what Extra Life is, is it is a fundraising platform that uses uh, social media, uh, 
podcast, webcast. It's, it's, it's digital fundraising. Now, for digital fundraising, you have to understand that you're not giving me a dime, right? I'm going to put the link in the description for this podcast. All you have to do is donate following that link. And then within minutes of your donation, you get your tax form. Now, the great thing is, is you're not giving me my money. You're giving it to Donor Drive. And Donor Drive is giving it to Children's Miracle now. Yeah, we don't see a dime. We don't get a penny of that crap. But that's no, okay. we do this all out of the kindness of our hearts and for the children. So what does your donation cover? Your donation covers life-saving equipment and training for doctors. It helps kids by providing MWR, morale, welfare, and recreation events, like the guy that walks around and teaches them how to play guitar. Yeah, he's kind of popular. It also gives them toys and video games and brochures and coloring books, and it helps the parents by helping. It teaches the parents how to you know, cope with the surgeries their kids are going to have, so forth and so on. And guess what? Kids come from all over the world to go to the children's hospitals. So I think it's in our best interest to try to do this. Now, we slacked off a little bit last year because of COVID, because people didn't have jobs. Yeah, we were kind of left in uh, trying to figure out what's the best way to go about doing it. You know, I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the world was trying to figure out the best way to go about life, let alone us inserting a fundraiser into things suddenly. Yeah. So I'm going to put our donation information in there for you to follow if you want. I'm also going to put our web page, our not web page, uh, Facebook page in there because I'm probably going to be doing a exercise in extra life ism for everybody to show you how it works. I'll probably try to get Danger and GN on it. So, oh, speak of that, there. I have an extra life project for simple project what is our extra life project so i want to start getting extra life in person streams going specifically for extra life and the reason why sorry you want to do what in person streams for extra okay sorry i missed that part so instead of having a stupid long table where we're all sitting in a row that seems pretty dumb yeah um I think we should build a podium, a triangle podium where we could each sit on one side of the triangle and all be equal. I mean, I always thought I was your equal anyway, but I guess you've seen yourself on a pedestal more than a podium. Well, the reason why I said a, a podium and it being a triangle is just because it's easier to make, it's lighter, and we could take it apart and take it with us to all the events we're going to be doing. Because, yes, we are working with other people, other organizations, to make events happen in our local area. So stay tuned for that. And with that, I am Sarge. I am Danger. Now, Danger, real quick. Give some advice. Oh, I mean, I could go with a simple thing. Like, don't eat the yellow snow, but I'm not going to. It's going to be when you... uh when you go to the store, walk on the right side like you drove there, and uh, just generally do better. Tell somebody that you care about them, give somebody a hug, and, uh, you know, just generally do better. So, my advice for the evening, no means no, don't means don't, and stop means stop. Unless they're all used in one sentence like, no, don't stop. Then you're good to go. Just remember, legality, ladies and gentlemen, I am Sarge. Oh, that was so clever. It hurt. I am danger. (laughs) And we will see you next week.